Now, you might be wondering why I'm wearing this old faded hoodie. I'm going to take it off because it's very hot today. It's not as hot as it was last week when Julie was up here preaching. Um, it's quite cold and wet outside. But I'm wearing this hoodie. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I like to keep things. And um, I probably got this hoodie given to me in, oh, I don't know, 2005, 2004. A long time ago, anyway. And if you look on the back of it, it says... Let's go bananas. Now, I can encourage you lot to go bananas if you want today. Um, we are in church. It's an exciting place to be. But Let's Go Bananas was the name of the kids club which was run up in Southport. For those who don't know, I'm, I'm from Southport originally. We only moved down to Plymouth in 2010. I think we are classed as um, not quite locals yet, but um, we've been here 13 years um, I'm not saying direct, directly, or however they speak down here. They speak a little strange at times. But in Southport, they had a kids' club, and it was called Let's Go Bananas. I was not involved in it. It wasn't because I don't like children. Um, it's just I had three very small children myself, and I thought on a Friday evening, if I could get my children out the door and get to Let's Go Bananas, I could have an hour of peace and quiet. But I somehow became an honorary member of Let's Go Bananas, Due to my daughter. Now, some of you might know my daughter. She's called Darcy. Um, she's, she's 24 now, or soon to be 24. Um, but when she first went to primary school, she made a group of friends. She is our social light in our family. Um, she's always been very gregarious, very friendly. Anyway, she went, to church, she went to primary school, and it must have been probably when she was in year four. They started up Let's Go Bananas, and she heard about it. We were taking her there, um, and she said to her school friends, do you want to come to Let's Go Bananas with me? So we are happy to encourage, and this is where it is all of us getting involved. Parents have a responsibility. I said, yeah, of course, of course, Darcy, I can take your friend to church with you. So I'd drop her off. The following week, she had two friends she wanted to take to Let's Go Bananas. <laughs> Darcy's got a younger sister called Flora. She didn't want to be outbeaten by this because she was going. And she thought, well, if Darcy's taking her friends there, I want to take my friends. And there's something about bringing people along. If you're going to something, it's nice to have a friend with you. It's nice to bring your friend with you. Well, before long, I didn't have room in the car. I couldn't take Darcy's friends and Flora's friends to Let's Go Bananas. So I had to ask the church if I could use their church minibus. And for probably a number of years, um, I took somewhere between 14 regularly to this kids' club. And it was fantastic. It was nothing I had done. It was all to do with Darcy and then Flora having a natural and an ease about inviting someone else to something else. And they came along, and it was just great because it just brought people into church. It made Let's Go Bananas a very dynamic place to be because once, once Darcy brought her friends... Their friends wanted to bring their friends. And it just spiraled. And it was a really successful thing. So that's what we're talking about, as it's been mentioned already. Invitation. Invitation has a power. We've got Alpha coming up shortly. And we want to be encouraging you to invite people along to Alpha. We want to be encouraging you to invite people to meet Jesus. But we know that Alpha is a nice, easy win to invite people along to it. But God is a God of invitation. Um, Julie spoke last week, um, I've actually taken it from Matthew, but in Matthew 4, um, I, can't, I haven't got my glasses on, Matthew 4, 18 to 20, you see Jesus calling his first disciples and he says, come, follow me. 
Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishers of men. God invites us to join him on this mission. But he doesn't just invite us to follow him. He also sends us out, as Judy, Judy said. Um, so, and th this is the Im invitation today. We're invited to follow him, but we're also commissioned or we're sent to go. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. This, this is known as the Great Commission. This isn't just for people like Pastor Paul and Pastor Jeff and, and the elders. This Great Commission is to Jesus' disciples. And a disciple is someone who wants to follow Jesus. So I would like to think, looking across the congregation now, that's probably the majority of us because we want to follow Jesus. We, are, we call ourselves Christians. So this commission is to us as well. Now... I know it's not always easy to invite people, but we are all part of this team. Julie said it last week. Um, she'd gone to the Alpha Conference, and they'd made a mistake with the lanyards. Um, when she received her lanyard, she turned it over, and it said, we're all on the team. And she thought, am I? And actually, she realized, well, they mentioned when they realized there was a mistake with the lanyards, they saw it as a prophetic thing. Actually, we are all on the team. It's not left to a select few. We're all part of this team. So, invitation. It should be easy. It should be natural. It should be something which just flows out of us. I know that's not always the case, but we've got a great little story here, haven't we, Rachel? Yeah, I'm going to ask some young people to come up. Come on up now. <laughs> Do you know, we've had some great stories over the year um, with the youth group. And we're not just telling them because we want to talk about the youth group. But actually, these young people encourage us in our faith. They encourage me in Hamish. And, and some of the stories that have come out of this year have been amazing. So we want to share it with you. Um, so there's a group of girls. Obviously, they're not all girls here. Uh, but you were coming to the story. There's a group of girls. Actually, do you want to come forward a bit? Because people can't see you. Don't be shy. Um, they're not shy on a Friday night, I can tell you. Um, so there's a group of girls in Notre Dame that have started coming to uh, the church. So I'm going to let you see how simple invitation can have a massive impact and the power of invitation and um, what an impact that can have. So we'll go to Rebecca first. Rebecca, how did this all start? Well, so last year, Oni's family joined the church and I noticed her um, when they first arrived and I called her down to go out to Sunday Source. And... Then for ages after that, I was like, come to Friday Source, come to Friday Source. And it took absolutely ages until they managed to come, you and um, Somtu. And they, yeah, and then they came. And then, yeah, that's my bit. Okay, that's Rebecca's bit. So that's one invitation. And then, Onyi, tell us about your invitation. Um, so there's one day that Rebecca wasn't going and I still wanted to go, but I didn't really know anyone that much. So... At school, I decided to invite Amelia and Lara and my friend Caitlin, but she's not here. And then they came. Now they keep coming. <laughs> so she invited them. And, and what did your friends think of it at first? Because you, you were one of the friends. A couple of them are, are not here today. But what did you think of it straight? 
when she invited you, what did you think initially? Um, I really did not want to go. I thought this, like, I've never been, like, surrounded by, like, Christians before. And I thought it was, like, a bit of nonsense, to be honest. And I was like, I don't want to go. Absolutely not. And Oni said, please come, because it means you'll get free sweets. And um, so... I decided to go and I was like, I'm never going again. Like before I went, I was like, only one time she can get her free sweets and I'll go. And then I just kept on going because I loved it so much and like it has made my life so much better. So amazing. Okay, so all these, all these girls um, and, and some others, I think there's six or seven of them from Notre Dame, we're all invited, all come along to youth. And they will, were not Christians, okay? They came along because a friend invited them. And Laura, who's a little shy today, but her brother, who, who isn't here, Josh, was then invited to youth after Laura had come by somebody completely different, which was Charlie. Here we go. Tell us your story about Josh. Well, basically, me and Josh were friends at school. So then when his sister came, we used to talk about God a lot but we had never really talked about him coming. And then after his sister came, he decided to come and I invited him. And he's coming every week, isn't he, Josh? Um, and he's come along to Limitless. All these young people that were outsiders have all come to Limitless this year. It's been amazing. So, and what's the story here? Well, basically, me and Maxwell go to the same gym and then I just invited him to Limitless from there. And then he came. Okay. Maxwell, how was Limitless and how have you found? What, what did that invitation mean to you? Well, I found Limitless a lot more enjoyable and because I went there, I found like, going to church more enjoyable as well. And from there, I just started going to church. I even started going to church by myself sometimes because most of the time I would go to church with my mum. But after that, I started going to church with myself. Amazing. God's doing something in schools and, and through these young people. And then we want to go back because this story has a fantastic ending. And honestly, it's amazing. So, Amelia, you're not shy. You like to chat. <laughs> so, Amelia, so you've been coming along. Then you came along to the Alpha course that we ran last. Um, we got the young people to run an Alpha course. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But what happened um, so I decided to go to Limitless Festival and by that point I knew I believed in God and I wanted to be a Christian but I hadn't really like made a decision like yeah I'm a Christian but then on the first night of Limitless I decided to give my life to Jesus. Amazing. So good isn't it? Do you know we've seen Amelia come along just get involved and that first night at Limitless honestly this times when Working with teenagers isn't all it's cracked up to be. But that moment, the first night, she just got up straight and she said, I've decided I'm going to follow Jesus. Oh my goodness, we have tears streaming down our face. It was amazing. And at Limitless, I think there was nine people within our, our, our team that made a decision to follow Christ. So from that one invitation and another invitation, somebody's life has been changed so I know it encouraged me. I hope it's encouraged you. Thank you, everybody. You can go sit down. <laughs> so, yes, 
you can see there's been an ease of invitation. You also see the power of invitation and what it does. And we've got an alpha course starting shortly, um, Wednesday the 27th. So it's not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. And we've got little cards, what have I done with them? We have little cards at the back, really easy. It's a great way to invite people to come to church and to hear more about who Jesus is and what Jesus means to us. So the Alpha course is coming. We've got a little video we're just going to show you. Um, so thank you, Dave or Phil. I came to the church service uh, during Christmas and I was quite new to the church. So I was like, I want to find out more. Um, and my friend Sam said, well, let's do an Alpha and you'll find out more. Got friends at the church already um, and they they sort of mentioned it to me and sort of told me all about it and why it'd be good for me to come along. I started going to the playgroup champions with a friend of mine and her little boy then, obviously when my granddaughter was born, we bought her and Anna's just been talking to me about it and like I'm getting to know people, got to know people through Jenny Beans and a young girl called Lisa. She said, Marie, honestly, do it. If you're not sure what way you're going, it'll help with a lot of things. It was a friend of mine who uh, goes to the church and his family who were um, heavily involved with the church and they thought it'd be a good idea for me to just come along and give it a go. I've never really looked into any sort of faith or Christianity specifically um, before, so I thought, why not, just come and give it a go and see what the community's like. It was really good, everyone was really friendly. Um, there was no silly questions, you could sort of ask what you wanted, um, especially for being quite like an outsider, not having much knowledge. Um, I learned quite a lot. Um, the video is a really informative way of sort of learning. I'm still not sure what I believe, but I definitely have more information on what I want to believe as well. And I have incorporated prayer into my everyday life as well. So it has definitely done me good and it's given me a, a purpose. I feel it's given me a purpose anyway. So Alpha has definitely made me open up to the idea of uh, there being um, a faith and um, someone out there um, as such. So um, it's definitely been very interesting and informative for me. And it's maybe helped, well, helped me to open my mind up to um, this like, new idea. I think it's definitely changed my perspective, uh, maybe how I think and look at faith as a whole, maybe think a little bit and think twice. Alpha has allowed me to ask more questions about faith, about myself, about other people. It's opened my mind a lot more and church isn't what or faith isn't maybe what I thought it was. Now we looked at this video last week and um, I was taken by it when I watched, watched it last week. There was five people interviewed and out of them four of them said they came to Alpha because friends had invited them. So I asked Natalie if we could show it again, and she just shortened it slightly. So actually, there was only four people on it today, and all four of them said friends had invited them to Alpha. And that's started their journey to coming to know who Jesus is. Not all of them have come through yet, but it's a way people can start their journey to get to know who God is. So as Alpha's coming up in this next few weeks, we want you to be thinking about who you can be invited. We want you to realize that inviting should be a natural thing. It should be an easy thing to do. But we realize it's not always easy. Um, but one of the reasons why I think it should be easy is, well, Mark Nash used a quote. Um, I think it was from Brendan Manning. Um, and he said that sharing the gospel is just one beggar telling another beggar 
were to find bread. And the point is, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about you, apart from we are children of God, so we are special. But um, the thing is, is that God can use us. And actually, we rub shoulders, we meet people who I don't meet, you meet people I don't meet, I meet people you don't meet. We all have that part to play. But we should be willing to share what we've found. We found a hope. We found a reason to live. We found the meaning to life. We have found comfort. Jesus has given us all this. We have found a savior. And because of that, we should be willing to share that with other people. Because it's not a gift which is exclusive to... I know sometimes if I found a load of money, if I found a 20 pound note on the, on the floor, I might think, oh, 20 pounds, I picked that up. I've got that. I've got a takeaway tonight when I get home. Okay. <laughs> I can understand that I might not share that, but the good news, the gospel is something which isn't exhaustive. So what I found, there's enough of it to go round. I should be willing to share that with others. So as we're thinking about this Alpha Week coming up or beginning on Wednesday the 27th, let us be willing to invite our friends, whether that's, let us be willing to invite family members. Let us be willing to to bring schoolmates along, college mates, work colleagues. Let's try and invite someone to Alpha. If not to Alpha, why not think about just inviting someone to church, someone to the community group, someone to youth or to kids zone. God wants to use these opportunities. God is working through us to reach other people's lives. It shouldn't be hard or complicated. It should come naturally, but somehow it can often feel a difficult task to do. We can feel awkward. We can feel embarrassed inviting people. We can even sometimes just say no for people, so that's why we don't invite people. We can often feel fear, fear of rejection, fear of ridicule. But Jesus has commissioned us, and he has encouraged us by saying he would always be with us. So let's think about who we can invite. And just one way of changing it or reframing it, I know I like to be invited to things. So if I like to be invited to things, I'm sure other people like to be invited to things. And I can list lots of different things. I like being invited to a wedding. I like being invited to just go out for a a drink or a dog walk with a friend. There's something about being invited. It makes someone feel special. So let's think about who we can invite. I was going to actually share my own story. As As a young person of 11, I went to secondary school. I started hanging out with some new friends because I had some friends from primary school, but there was more friends at secondary school. And one of them said to me, do you want to come along to campaigners on a Friday night? And I didn't know what it was. But I said, yeah, why not? I'll give it a go. And actually, because my friends were going, I went along. And it was through that I began my journey. If someone hadn't invited me, I wouldn't be here today. Rachel. So, I was struck by what um, Libby said today. Um, It was a message we all heard that Laura Hancock said, and she said something. She, She was talking about naturally inviting people, not being weird about it. It should be natural. But there are times when we need a moment of courage because it might change somebody's life. So that's what we want to talk about now, just for a few minutes, a moment of courage that may change somebody's life. 
I think when our girls were small, kids don't have the same reserves, do they, as adults? They don't seem to have the same kind of fear. They just say, yeah, come along. I like that. Come with me. And, and actually, in the teenage years, it can get even more awkward be, uh, than adults because you, you just like, want to fit in and, and trying to invite somebody who you know, may criticize you or think you're weird can be really tricky. But I'm, I'm really, really amazed at our teenagers. They've shown great courage. There's a couple of, couple of stories. When we did the Alpha course this last term, uh, sort of over the summer term, to be honest, we'd, we'd done sessions on invitation and we'd prayed for people. We'd said, think of someone to invite. We'd really, really set them up to invite people. But in my heart of hearts, I thought, teenagers, I, I don't know whether they're going to really invite people. It'll be the same old ones, full of faith, obviously. The first night, I remember thinking, I don't think anyone's here. But the bridge door was shut. I thought, oh, no one's here. They've all, they've all bottled it. And because it was locked, I went downstairs, and there was hordes of young people at the bottom of the step. I was like, Wow. I think we had about 46, wasn't it, on the first night? I was amazed. I was like, God, forgive me. I, you know, I didn't have the faith for it. Now, not every single person stuck the whole week, but we had new people coming every week. And these young people were the ones that were inviting their schoolmates, praying for their schoolmates. And the amazing thing was, they said yes. We always think someone's, oh, they're not going to be interested how do we know if someone's interested or not? They brought their friends. They were courageous. And I do believe it took courage. And they did that. And, and we've now got Amelia. We've got a lot. There's so many people that are in the youth group now and coming along and finding out more about journeying with Jesus because they invited them. Another, another story that has really warmed my heart this year, Beth Lee. You, you'll know Beth. She sometimes played the, play the piano. She's a very, I would say, very introverted, shy person. She has been running, running the CU in her school for the whole of last year. Amazing. She said, I'll do it. And she's run an alpha course in that school. And I'll tell you what, um, now she's going off to university um, Eden Bennett sat there, right there, age 16, is going to take that on. She's going to run the CU. So I want you to pray for these young people. They are doing some amazing things. It takes tremendous courage. I'm sure it took tremendous courage for Beth to do that. It was really out of her comfort zone, I would imagine, because that's not the kind of person she is, really. Really out of her comfort zone. And there's some times that we need to get out of our comfort zone. Because that moment of courage could change somebody's life. So we're going to delve into a story. Hamish, will you read it? It's a great story in the Bible. Um, you'll have heard it many times about the woman at the well. Yes, so we're going to read from John chapter 4. It is quite a long passage, but I think it's, it's worth reading the whole... Well, we're going to read it in two parts. So I'm going to read the first part. And we're going to start John chapter 4. And we're going to start from verse 4. Now he, that is Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, 
near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? The Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us a well and drank from it himself, and so did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or what are you, why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out to the town and made their way towards him. Okay, so very well-known story. But sometimes we just need to step out. Jesus met this woman, wanted a drink, and unfolds this story of the gospel. This is a story of grace. She encounters the love of God. She isn't condemned. And her eyes are open to who he is. She sees that he is the Messiah. And her first response was to go and run and tell everybody about it. She'd had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus brought her a word of knowledge. He knew all about her. 
he, um, she was a woman who'd obviously had a bit of a checkered past or had been very vulnerable in many ways. And she was outcast from her community. That was why she was at the well um, in the heat of the day rather than in the morning with all the other women. She wasn't welcome with all the others. So these three things I just want to pull out really quickly from this story. There's loads we could talk on about this story, and we won't do it justice this morning. But just three things to help us in this invitation and this thinking about who we can invite and thinking about when we might need just a moment of courage. So first of all, there's no one that is outside the reach of an encounter with Jesus. Nobody. And I'm sure I have at times thought, oh, they're way too gone down the road, way too um, away to ever be brought close to Jesus. This woman would have been the last, in that culture, would have been the last person on earth anybody would have thought was going to have an encounter with Jesus, that Jesus would reveal that he was the Messiah to her and that she would go on to, to bring many people to Jesus. She was the last person, but Jesus encountered her. There is nobody outside God's reach. Secondly, Jesus goes where others won't, and so must we. This can take courage sometimes. Jesus should not, in that culture, have been taught as a Jew, he should not have been talking to a Samaritan woman. They were arch enemies. They were hated, the Samaritans. They would have not associated in any shape or form. It would have been very shameful. So he already had broken a barrier. And the other barrier he broke was he was a man talking to a woman. That would not have happened in that day um, and age. Um, you would only have been seen with a woman if you were married to her or were a family member. So he broke barriers in order to talk to this woman, in order to help her. So Jesus goes where others won't, and we have to. And lastly, when we encounter Jesus, we can share our story. She just ran off. I can just imagine this woman's excitement. She was like, she said he, she dropped her jar. She was like, yeah, on a mission. I'm going and telling everyone what you've just said. She was so excited. She could not keep it to herself. And what was interesting, all the women, all the people in the town that had shunned her and probably made her life miserable, she went straight to them, shared her story. They could see what had happened. And suddenly they were interested and it said that they went to go and see. And great many people came to know Jesus. Anybody who knows me well, so we're kind of back to the story here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I always have one of these on me. It's a Burt's Bees lip balm. Why am I talking about this? Probably about eight or nine years ago, I met a friend in Truro called Sarah. And we were in a shop. And Sarah then met another friend. And she just got chatting to her. So I was kind of in the background a little bit while she was just having a chat. And this lady had really, really chapped lips to the point where they were all flaking off and bleeding. Have you ever, oh, horrible, really painful. She had really, really chapped lips. And I'd already discovered this beauty, Burt's Bees. It is the best lip balm 
ever. You will not find a better lip balm. Okay? Other brands are available. <laughs> I don't work for Burt's Bees, but if I was on commission, I would be doing very well. So I just said to her, have you tried Burt's Bees? It's brilliant. It's not like any other lip balm. I've tried them all because I used to get chapped lips. It's not like that. It's totally different. It's a bit more expensive than your, new, your usual lips all. And, um, but try it. She said, oh, I will. I'll, I'll buy some. Anyway, I saw that lady a few weeks later at a women's conference because she was at the same, she was at the same thing um, down in Cornwall. And she said, oh, thanks for that. It's brilliant, isn't it? Telling everyone else about it now. And you ask my family, they will always get a Burt's Bees in their stocking at Christmas. My soon-to-be uh, daughter-in-law, Katie, said, I'll never be without a Burt's Bees. Every, because I'm just, it's like, this really works. This works, and this changed my lips forever. <laughs> okay, this works. Now, just a lip balm brings a little bit of relief to some cracked lips to help heal it. How much more, when we share the gospel, can it be a balm and a healing thing in someone else's life? And so often, we can easily tell people about a product, but we cannot share the best news ever. This woman shared the best news ever. I do have a Burt's Bees. Now, this is a big sacrifice for me because I always buy them on three for two because they're cheaper then. But if anyone struggles with chat lips, there's a present for you. Okay, at the end, come and see me. Okay, so she shared her story. We can share our story naturally, but sometimes we need that little bit of courage. I was struck by some of the young people's testimonies this year at Limitless. It was sometimes just a word that came to them. Someone bringing a word, someone having to step out a little bit, saying, I think God might be saying this to you, that brought real freedom, that brought an encounter with God, that's helped them to know that God really knows them. And that can be scary, and we don't always get it right. There was, I remember a situation, me and Hamish, when um, I think we'd bought a sofa, a great big sofa that we've still got in our lounge off Marketplace when we first came here and we needed some furniture. And um, we went in this house, we bought the sofa, but the guy was hobbling on a stick. Um, he seemed really in pain. He said, oh, I'm in terrible pain. He said, I've got a big dog. I've got a German shepherd. And it wasn't really the dog's fault, but it pulled him over. And it had really, really caused a problem with his hips. And he was in terrible pain. And I remember when he said that to me, I really felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I really felt like, oh, I should pray for him. We should pray that God would heal him. And I didn't do anything. And then when we got out of the house, first thing Hamish said to me, he said, oh, Rach, I really felt the Holy Spirit said to pray for that man and I should have prayed for him. I went, you're joking. And we knew right at that moment that we'd missed an opportunity. We didn't do it. Our courage failed us. But I often think what would have happened if we'd had that moment of courage? I'm sure God works things out perfectly. And I know that, you know, God is bigger than our mistakes. But from that moment on, I thought, I don't want to be like that. I want to be a person that responds to the Holy Spirit when an opportunity comes. So 
there are times when we can feel with the prompting of the Holy Spirit, maybe to pray for somebody, maybe to give them a word. And that can sometimes unlock things um, and, and help people to encounter Jesus for the first time. So maybe you've got a friend that's struggling at school. And maybe you think, oh, I'd like to encourage them with some scripture or I'd like to pray for them. Be brave. Have that moment of courage. You do not know what that's going to do in somebody's life. So we're partnering with the Holy Spirit. We don't do this on our own. We are not the saving people. We are not the people, the, the big bit. <laughs> Jesus is the important thing. And his work's going on behind the scenes all the time. And we just don't know what's happening in somebody's life. So when the Holy Spirit says, oh, maybe, maybe just go up to that person and encourage them, you do not know what that, what that is going to do. So we need to be people who are relying on the Holy Spirit. This is not about us, but we're partnering with him. I was really encouraged when Julie uh, mentioned in the sermon last week about Jerry, the word to wake up. When we're asleep, we're just not aware of things, are we? Uh, I know we dream and things, but our sight and our ears and our whole senses are dull. But when we wake, we can see, we can hear, we can feel, we are aware. And when we're awake to the Spirit of God and He brings an opportunity, I'm going to encourage you to have that moment of courage because that might be a moment where God wants to use you to help change somebody's life with the gospel. The gospel is powerful, really powerful. And I do think it's all bathed in prayer. Do you know, we prayed, we prayed and we prayed for the Alpha course with the young people. And I want to encourage you to pray and to pray because it's all birthed in prayer. I'm going to hand over to Hamish to kind of conclude and we're going to respond in a moment. Yeah, um, I was going to read the, the last part of um, the story with um, when Jesus meets a woman in the well. Um, but I realize we're, we're coming short on time. But it is John chapter 4, verses 31 to 42. So I might, I'm just going to pull out a few verses from it. But we see here that Jesus encourages his disciples. And just as Jesus encourages his disciples, I feel that we can see these as words of encouragement ourselves. So Jesus tells his disciples... I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. He also shows us again that it is a team effort. There's a sower and a reaper, each playing the part. He says in, in verse 36, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Just as Rachel was saying, we don't always know. We don't always see what God's doing behind the scenes. We just have to be willing to play our part. Um, I think someone was saying, um, I can't remember if it was Paul now or Julie, that often it can take seven, several links or several invitations before someone will make a response or someone makes a commitment. We might just be number one in that chain or we might be number five in that chain. We shouldn't always be trying to second guess, but we should be willing to be working together. Um, 
It is, and also in verse 39, it says here, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of a woman's testimony. Um, That almost brings us back to two weeks ago when Paul was preaching about the epic story and the power of the story. The woman's testimony brought people to see Jesus. So we've had the power of the story, we've had uh, the sending from Julie, and today we've had the invitation, we should be willing to invite people. So let us... Allow God to use us to share the gospel. And remember, this gospel is a life-changing thing. It's transforming people's lives. Um, It's not just good news. It's, as Judy said, it's the best news. But as we do come to to finish today, there may be some here today who have not responded to Jesus' initial invitation of come, follow me. Um, Jesus is inviting us still today. Jesus is inviting you today to follow him. Um, you might be in the building, you might be watching online, um, you may have been coming here for years, but you know today's the day to say that I'm all in, I want to be part of this, I'm going to follow you Jesus. Life only really has meaning when we realise that we were created by God, by a loving God who wants to be in relationship with us. It is through Jesus that our relationship with God is restored. If you want to be included in this, I'm going to say a simple prayer now. If you just want to bow your heads and just pray it alongside with me now, it's a simple prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for me and taking my place so that I could be forgiven. Thank you for coming back to life so that I could have life to the full. I'm sorry for choosing to live my life without you. I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. Please come into my life and help me to live life your way to follow you. Please help me to get to know you personally and to become more like you every day. Amen. Now, if, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time and that you want to know more, come to see either Rachel, myself, or Paul at the end of the service. If, if you're listening online and you've made that prayer, feel free to email into the office, contact at Plymouth Christian Centre, um, because this is what the gospel is. It's getting to know who Jesus is. Um, Rachel, we've got one other little response and maybe the band if they want to come back and join us. Yeah, if the band could come up, that'd be great. And um, I think it's good to respond when we hear the word. We don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And we want to let things sit with us a little while to see what the Holy Spirit might be saying to each of us. So I wonder whether you could play that song um, again, Andy, just quietly, or just start to play quietly. Um, I wonder whether we could stand all together. I think that'd be really nice to do, just to stand. So we're all on this team. We're all on the team. So I want you to think about who you rub shoulders with. Children, any children in the room, who do you see every day? Youth, who do you rub shoulders with? Parents perhaps going along to a play group in the week. Who do you rub shoulders with? In the office, in the school staff room, in the walking group, in the sports club or in the gym, at the book club when you're cheering your kids on 
at the football club on a Saturday morning. Maybe you're watching online from a nursing home. You're on the team. Maybe you're watching from a hospital bed. You're on the team. Every single one of us has a part to play, the body of Christ. If you look around, all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different levels of education, it doesn't matter. Nobody is disqualified. We are all on the team. And we can all invite people. We can all share our story, even just a little bit of our story. Our story is powerful. And we all need a little bit of courage at times to step out. But step out we must because that moment of courage could change somebody's life. So first of all, we're going to pray just quietly in our hearts. I want you to think of somebody now. Think of somebody that you rub shoulders with, that you might be able to invite, that you may be really easily just be able to invite easily and naturally. Maybe invite to Alpha. Maybe invite to your home. To invite them into this gospel story. I just want you to pray for them now. And I want you to pray for an opportunity to come. An opportunity to come. It doesn't matter what the person says. If they say no, an opportunity to come. But they very well may say yes. Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the next thing, I want you to be a little bit braver for this. I wonder whether we could just put our arms on the shoulder of the person next to us, the same. We are shoulder to shoulder. We're all on the same team. And we're going to pray. I want you to pray out loud for the person on your right and your left, if you're comfortable doing that. And I want you to pray for courage, that they'd be awake to the activity of the Spirit, wherever you are, and pray for courage for them. Let's do that now. Thank you, Jesus. when I was praying a couple of days ago that some of you have been disappointed because you've been inviting and you've almost given up on a person. And I just want to remind you of what Julie spoke on. Remember, they'd been fishing all night. And I think God might want to say to just a few of you that it's time to let down your nets again. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Let down your nets another time. Do not give up on that person that you've been praying for years for. If you've just said, oh, it's a waste of time, cannot do that. If that's for you, God's saying to you, let down your nets another time. Invite another time. Keep praying. Keep being courageous. Amen.